Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See? I'm an idiot. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. My name is Simon from What Coach, and look, now that we are back in my little box and I'm trapped and I can't go anywhere. I just want to say thank you very much for the WrestleMania weekend madness. You made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. I appreciate it. But yeah, going back to me being a moron stuff, I was all like, I don't know where this Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson stuff is going. As it turned out, we were getting in the car of dreams and we were driving to Happy Town. Because even the commentators were saying, oh my gosh, it must have been a setup. Because Dynamite opened. It was meant to be Ricky Starks taking on Juice Robinson when all of a sudden Jay White's music hit, and it was his New Japan theme as well. He came out, Juice Robinson and Jay beat the crap out of Ricky Starks. So essentially the Bullet Club is now in flipping AEW. It also means that we were right and Jay White did debut on a show after WrestleMania. <laughs> That's funny stuff, isn't it? And honestly, I liked all of this. It got me so damn excited and the crowd were like, oh my gosh, it's Jay White. So there's a round of applause. Also, this happened in like five minutes. So you just say, oh man, I'm so giddy and it set up the rest of the show. Let's get it up. And talking about keeping that feeling going... This was wild. Because we were in the back with Chris Jericho, who was talking about Adam Cole and Daniel Garcia and saying, oh, that Adam Cole. What an absolute peach. But also, I don't like him. And I actually think seven days ago, he over-celebrated, so to him. Given that he was talking about disrespect too, this is when Keith Lee just walked in the frame and was all like, undoubtedly, I must talk to you, Christopher Jericho. Because essentially, I think you're a Mr. Disrespect. So next week... I want to have you in a match. And I think we're doing that too. Chris Jericho versus Keith Lee. I've had dreams worse than this because I'm strange. Can you imagine if Keith wins as well, by the way? I'm going to do a damn backflip and I break my neck. Then we'll have to do ups and downs from hospital. Excuse me, a local medical facility, but I am pumped. Then we also got to a trios match that we've been building towards because it was the House of Black taking on the best friends. And given that we were in Long Island, that's right, Sue made her big return to Dynamite. And do I like me some Sue? Yes. The three teams basically broke down at the start as well, with Malachi Black taking on Trent, which meant poor Chuck Taylor had to take on Brody King, but it also meant that Orange Cassidy was looking at Buddy Matthews. There's absolutely something in that feud as well. Somebody must have pulled a trigger here, because everybody just went super duper quick 9,000. I think the tag klaxon ha, went off in around about 3.2 seconds. It ended too when Cassidy was caught by Black and Buddy and they basically squeezed the juice out of him. 
Yes, that was a pun. People were also getting smashed into the ring apron like it was nobody's business. Hang on. Waterloo. Cut. My God, it's the hardest part of the ring! The only way to fight back was to pick up Orange and use him as a human projectile, or I guess a fruit projectile at this point, because he went into everyone. And this is when we saw Preston, Vance, Roosh and Drillistico watching on from ringside. So I guess they want a piece of this trio's action. This continued to go crazy when it eventually boiled down to Malachi Black <laughs> versus Orange Cassidy. And Orange actually decided to do his little kicks. Now, given that Malachi is the master of the mind games, I don't think it worked. I mean, this was like going up to a wall and going and giving it a kiss. I don't really know what you are trying to achieve. When we also saw that Anna JAS was keeping her eye on Julia Hart. So this is like somebody had a story gun and was just going, and no gun has ever made that sound ever. The best part is when we got to the end and all of a sudden the best friends were like, I tell you what's a good move, a pile driver. And they just started to drive all of those piles, including one on Brody King. This is when Buddy Matthews decided, no, I'm having none of this. He flew in with a curb stump onto Chucky, and he got the one, two, three. I like that, because Buddy never gets the pinfall. This really was great, and the second half was absolutely superb. We should keep doing these kind of trios matches on TV. And then Christian Cage was back, which was quite the surprise. I thought he was dead. I mean, we did see him buried alive. This was really cool, though, as he was walking down this hallway and clearly he told the lighting guys, red, I want the color red. So they were kind of silhouetted. When is when Luchasaurus also made his return to AEW. And this was sort of focused so well, he actually looked like a dinosaur. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't mean to say, of course, he is a dinosaur. <laughs> Please don't kill me. The power of this dynamite too. I mean, sheesh. So we went right into Riho versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW's Women's Championship. And you could have gone to multiple dimensions and every single one, this would have been great. I mean, you all know the deal as well because Jamie Hayter is all about power. So she was trying her power moves. Whereas Riho was all like, oh man, I'm so quick. Watch my speed. So I suppose the equivalent to this would have been Bowser versus Sonic. And don't pretend you haven't wanted to see that match. Yes, you have. Tony Khan. Book it for Forbidden Door. Jamie was also going right for her finisher, so I think somebody had been tinkering in the options menu. And after we got a dive from Riho, because it is 2023 wrestling, Jamie just grabbed her and gave her a gut buster. Because I suppose she wanted to bust a gut. We also got Yorinagi into the ring apron. We've already done that, so we're not going to go back to it, but it is the hardest part of the ring. And when Riho came off the top rope with a crossbody, and the ref went one, and the ref went two, and Jamie Hayter kicked down, I actually realized, well, look, Jamie Hayter ain't going to win the title here, but am I 100% sure? No. It's then time for a bunch of suplexes, including a German one, and Dast is good. After Riho went for the stomp and missed, probably smashed her ankles, Jamie Hayter smashed her with a lariat, but also she could only get a near fall. We then got a superplex as Hayter wanted to get a brain buster, but Riho was able to turn it into this nasty looking DDT. Once again, things were just rocking and rolling here. I don't know why we would do this match again, but maybe we should. It was then just forearm time as we started to hit the other person in the face. And basically, eventually, Jamie Hayter was able to get the Hater aid. Amazingly, Riho kicked out. I didn't see that coming. So Jane was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do it again. She got the three. She's still the champion. But this was just a damn good match. And I like the fact that the outcast 
didn't interfere. You don't need to do it all the time. But then very coincidentally, Rene Paquette was with Soraya, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. And even though they gave us their name weeks ago, we still haven't seen Miss Jackson. Ooh. Essentially, though, none of these people like Jamie Hayter, which is why eventually one of them will be world champion. Rene tried to wind them up here by going, hee hee, but which one it is going to be? But they shall not be pulled apart. So we continue to tease this, and I imagine we get a match at the pay level. Which brought us to some nonsense. Man, do I like nonsense. Because Matt Minard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hagar came out, and they were like, oh man, the acclaimed. We love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. That is their catchphrase. And we are overjoyed to tell you they are joining the Jericho Appreciation Society. Don't know why I'm pointing at this. It's my thumb. Mass Castro and Anthony Bowen soon arrived and basically said, uh, no, we're not doing that. And even compared them to the movie Cocaine Bear. When all of a sudden, Angelo Parker interrupted and said, well, we're going to have to see about that. Because this week on Rampage, we're all getting together to be part of an eight-man tag. They're also going to do the scissor me daddy stuff when daddy ass stopped them. He was like, no, that's not how you do it. I will show you. Now, of course, eventually these two teams are going to have a match. And I'm sure the acclaimed will win before they go back after the AEW world titles. But I just like it. It's silly. It's foolish. It's goofy wrestling for life. They all interact together very well, too. Who even cares, man? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. We then learned that MGF had got the key to the city and that also today was named MGF Day. So he's having a great 24 hours. When the AEW World Champion came to the ring, my word. Because he had a whole band set up and proceeded to sing the song Pennies from Heaven. There's no two ways about it. You can come here and start barking at me like some kind of a dog. This was absolutely terrific. I mean, the dude was born to do it. We even had the governor of Long Island here, who was absolutely booed out the building, given an even bigger key to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So I'm so Sora from Kingdom Hearts was absolutely crying here. When MJF also got on the mic, and my word, did he play up to his hometown fans. He agreed that he deserved all of this, and he is the greatest person ever, as he started to take shots at Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy, and even straight up said it, Jack Perry has a small penis. 
So where are people getting this information from? And also, how does that tie into wrestling? Friedman then launched into this amazing story from his school days and even got the crowd to chant ADD, which I actually thought was very important in many ways, when he started to describe this teacher who was always on his case because she couldn't understand that he had learning difficulties. Honestly, she was painted as the biggest bad guy ever here. And I'm pretty sure Maxwell even called her a stupid bitch. These ain't my words, they're his. It all tied into the fact that no matter what kind of adversity he was going through, his brain and his thoughts always went back to wrestling, which is why he wants to address the kids from Long Island and say, if you want to achieve your dreams, you can. But this doesn't go for children in any other state, because they're a bunch of paws, and you're going to have to forgive me, I'm a bad person, I laugh. He was then going to do an encore, and actually I was all ready for this, because the first performance had been so good, where it turned out Jungle Boy had snuck into his band, he attacked the champion, and look, we all knew what was going to happen here. MJF was so over, everybody booed Jack Perry. But this was an absolutely fantastic segment. As Sammy Guevara had a match too, he walked out and he picked up the AEW World Championship. So there's more teasing here. But yeah, in terms of entertainment, I'm not sure we could have done any better. And then yeah, it was Guevara versus Commander. This was utterly ridiculous. I mean, the first thing we saw was a moonsault to the floor when Sam got super kicked in midair. When Commander was like, look, I tell you what I like to do, walk the ropes. What am I going to do? I'm going to do some rope walking. Then in a few seconds later, I will walk those ropes. And then, man, I tell you, if I see a rope, I'm going to walk it. I mean, this isn't easy, people. And he was doing it like it's nothing. But at one point, he did come off the ropes and he just got totally kneed by Sammy Guevara. And that looked horrible. And yes, we did indeed see Perry watching this from backstage. So again, we're just planting those seeds. When Commander did this absolutely crazy dive, it was so high, I'm amazed he came back down to earth. Sam then went for the GTH, and when that didn't work, he was able to catch the K-Man with a cutter when Commander tried to walk the ropes. And now look, he knows what he wants from life, and I can totally respect that. And I suppose when all else goes wrong, he just decides, well, I'm going back to those ropes. Seriously, maybe you want to do something else. It opened the door for the GTH and Sammy Guevara was able to get the win, but this was such a fun damn match. And we soon learned that Darby Allen had been watching this from the rafters. So there you go. We are headed to this four pillars match. I suppose it'll double at nothing. And I really, really, really do like it because it just makes AEW feel fresh. Because of course, these are guys that we have seen grown in the company. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Guevara also got on the microphone afterwards and mentioned, hey, MGF, do you remember that time we fought ages ago and the only reason you won was because of Sean Spears and a chair? So we're doing it again here. Every single one of MGF's opponents is saying, actually, you never beat me clean. While I'm sure MGF will retain, am I 100% sure? No. And then, in the crowd, as Twitter made me very aware, there was a damn Simon Miller sign. This one is actually quite hard for me to talk about. Because it said, Tony Khan signed Simon Miller. I mean, that would be one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me in my life. And I appreciate the fact that you care that much. I've already talked about my tum-tum too much in this episode. So I'm going to tell you I feel it deep down in my tootsie toes. You're all wonderful. And after that weekend we've just had, I'm just going to give you a round of applause. My ego is going to be out of control. We have to slam it back down to earth. Which actually then brought us to some stories. All right. Because it was Hook versus Ethan Page for the FDW title. And as has been teased for ages, maybe Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy weren't totally in Ethan Page's corner. Turned out to be true. I also just loved seeing Hook and Page go at it because they have such bright futures. 
and they're two of my favourites. I was like, like, my boy's going at it. And in the early going, Hook was just throwing Ethan Page around like he was nothing. Ethan Page is not nothing, he's quite a big dude. It also made me appreciate Hook's hair more, and I'm just going to leave that one with you because it makes no sense. When Ethan came up with a great idea, well, I'm getting my ass kicked right now, why didn't I grab this man and throw him into Rita the ring post, which he did. And then Taz was like, I tell you, the hardest part of the ring is actually the ring post. So I melted down as a human being. He also tried to go for the twist of fate here when that was reversed, and Hook gave it to him instead, so something strange is going on. And all of a sudden, Isaiah Cassidy got up on the ring apron. That cast a distraction when Matt Hardy had the FDW title. Now, he pretended he was going to pass it to Ethan Page. And all of a sudden, they were doing a tug of war. He smacked Ethan right in the head. That pushed him into the red rum. We got the submission. So not only was Hook victorious here, but finally Matt Hardy has shown his true colours. Almost like he's been teasing this for a few weeks. Cassidy, Hardy and Hook all fist bumped after this as well, so they're super duper best friends. And look, we did an interview with Matt Hardy over WrestleMania weekend that will be live soon. And I think some very exciting things are about to happen here. That gets this bald guy excited. Up and then... My word. Because for one, Nigel McGuinness was backstage with Tony Khan, and yes, Nigel has signed with AEW, so I was like, oh man, what the hell is going on? When we got our big AEW announcement, and I tell you, I was floored. Because not only is All Elite Wrestling coming to the United Kingdom, not only are we going to call the show All In, which kind of underlined what a big deal this was, but it will air live from none other than Wembley Flippin' Stadium. Ooh, the lally. Adam Cole zoomed in to tell us that noise, and of course, straight away, those stupid people on the internet were like, man, it's a terrible idea, because AEW is never going to fill up a stadium. Well, look at it like this. Let's say they do, oh my gosh, that is all time. But let's say they do 70,000, 60,000, 50,000, 40,000 people. 40,000 people at a wrestling show at Wembley. That's still absolutely incredible. So you can take your negative Nancy attitude and you can flush it down the toilet. So this is awesome. I cannot wait. It's happening on August the 27th. And I'm so damn excited and I'm so damn pumped. There's only one thing we can do. Or only one thing I can do when it comes to my stupid gimmicks that I made up. It doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up. I've been waiting for this for years. It is going to be a damn good time. And then what a switch we got after this. Because Brian Danielson is back and he's crazy. For it was the Blackpool Combat Club versus some guys. <laughs> they attacked them so quickly. We never even got their names. And they beat them up so badly, I was like, man, do I have to ring the police and report an assault? Now, it did end when Wheeler Utah applied a crossface and some random dude did tap out. When Danielson got on the microphone, I don't think he's doing too well. Because he spoke about the fact that he does love his family, but he also loves his BCC teammates. What he doesn't love is a bunch of wrestlers that aren't professionals, like their opponents in the ring tonight that were basically a bunch of amateurs that were probably hired by some EVPs. As far as Danielson is concerned, the only people in the entire building that could be considered professional wrestlers are those in the BCC, when out walked Hangman Adam Page by himself. And I was like, cowboy, what are you doing? Now, he wasn't scared and just started throwing bones, but of course he got the absolute shit kicked out of him. And the whole time, these nutbags were just going amateur, amateur, so they're totally obsessed with that now. The whole point, though, is that Paige doesn't have anybody who loves him as much as the Blackpool Combat Club love each other, which, of course, ties into the fact that eventually Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks will be back when Brian got a screwdriver. And I was like, well, I don't see any shelves that he's about to fix. 
because he wasn't about to do DIY. And instead, he took this tool and he stabbed Hangman Page right in the eye. The flub is happening. I also think he said something along the lines of the house of AEW needs to be fixed up from all these amateurs. If there's anybody else, I would do a nobody talks like that segment. But he was so unhinged here. I don't want him kicking my ass. It really did make me laugh now because the two characters of Brian Danielson are either, oh my gosh, he's such a beloved baby face, or he's a psychopath. But when it comes to an effective segment, this really did underline the fact that the BCC are definitely heels and they're now led by crazy Brian Danielson. We also set up the fact that we probably are going to do Danielson versus Page and of course Danielson versus Omega. And maybe we even do some trios or four men tags with all of these teams. And do you know how good that is going to be? It's going to be very, very, very good. Up. And it was the same for our main event. What an absolute joy. For it was FTR taking on the guns and talk about the stakes here. Because either FTR were going to walk away as the new AEW World Champions or they were going to have to leave the company for good. So whoop, there it is. Hilariously, two days after I told Austin and Colton that I really enjoyed their entrance theme, they had a new one here. But seriously, they came out to 50 Cent and they got this new entrance that's all cool with the camera frames. It was even better than it was before. The match then started and we had Wheeler and Austin just slapping each other, which meant for a few seconds you just heard this. Weird. Dex soon got in there and he was giving everyone a thumping and seriously when FTR get going they're such a good tag team because of course we haven't seen this for a little while and basically the gun club had said this well look, we don't really care about winning or losing in a virtuous way why don't we just try and get disqualified why not so as soon as both teams were going for their finishing moves when FTR were able to hit the sham machine Colton got the referee just when he was about to hit the three pulled him out and was like yeah DQ me, man. We don't care. Now, while the official thought about this, he decided against it. But more heels should do this. As long as they walk away with the championships, they'll be happy pandas. It also worked as a distraction because Austin flew in with a famouser, but he was only able to get the two when he grabbed Dax and he was going to give him the pedigree. So don't come in my house and tell me the gun club don't get wrestling. They totally get it. After it fell, we did get pin attempt, pin attempt, pin attempt, pin attempt, which I think annoyed Austin after a little bit. Because he then whacked Dax right in the penis. And once again, the referee was going to call for the disqualification when Cash Wheeler dived in there. was like, no, we don't want to leave AEW. And I enjoyed this too. It just added a little bit of emotion to the damn thing. That's what wrestling's all about. The guns then got rid of Cash with the 310 to Yuma as Dax came off the top rope. But by this point, Austin had got one of the AEW tag team titles. He whammed into Harwood's head. Once again, this served as another terrific near fall. He's having a great time. After Dax had kicked out to a great reaction too, he basically spat in the guns' faces because turnaround is fair play. When both of FTR hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and the ref looked once, the ref looked twice, and was like, okay, well, I'll count the three. FTR did win. All the streamers and everything came down from the skies. And Mark Briscoe joined them too, so it was emotional. This was just a really fun match. And it meant Dynamite ended on a satisfying note. And what more can you ask from that? They'll now go on another terrific AEW tag title run because that's just what they do. This summed up the night perfectly. It's getting it up. And yeah, seriously, I think every single box was ticked here on this episode of Dynamite. And I honestly think you'd be hard pushed to come up with a negative unless you are one of those Nancys. So I am going to give it an up. 
long may it continue. Now, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Make sure you click one of the videos that are on the screen. And leave a comment below and let us know what you thought about this show. Plus, we have a website. Plus, we're on social media. But moreover than all of that, just keep enjoying wrestling. Because isn't it great? Yes, it damn well is. See you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.